from realghoststoriesonline.com. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. Group therapy for the paranormally affected. That's what we're kindly calling the show these days with the uh, amount of people who have called in and said, you know what, this is really helping me a lot. So uh, we, we do appreciate all the feedback, the calls, the emails. Phone number is 855-853-4802. If you have a real ghost story that you would like to share with us, we can always write it on the website at realghoststoriesonline.com. Of course, uh, giving away that bonus episode right now for a review on iTunes. Give us some uh, stars there and a positive review. And uh, email me what the username is that you used, and I'll email you back with a link to that bonus episode. My email, Tony, T-O-N-Y, at realghoststoriesonline.com. That's the place to do it. Subscribe to the show. Share the show. That helps us grow the show and uh, give you a better show every single time we release one here at Real Ghost Stories Online. Joining us in studio today, under threat of not being able to see their grandchildren... <laughs> are my parents hello how are you fine we're good. We're good. you need to talk by the microphone we're good there thank you, go. you there you go yeah great to see you again it's it's almost like we're playing radio station again in the basement bring back memories <laughs> <laughs> except this time we have listeners other than the cat well get what you can take <laughs> <laughs> The cat was a very, uh, very dedicated listener, though she never did write in or, or, or conversate at all. Um, of course, we're going to do a regular show here for you today, and uh, we'll be talking about all sorts of different things and follow up on some things that we've talked about in the past couple of weeks. Uh, and also, uh, of course, uh, taking your calls uh, and such, as we always do here at Real Ghost Stories online.com some follow-up on some of the things that we've recently uh talked about uh denver jim uh is writing in uh, about we were talking about the other day about ghosts and when they're wearing clothes okay what is that you know comprised of how do they how do they pick their right their outfit death outfit versus burial outfit do you just kind of get whatever you were buried in or or how does that work and he says the the clothing a ghost wears is uh, uh, comprised of either uh, 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 somehow manipulated uh, by the uh, the shape and the image of the body and he read somewhere that the uh, clothes a ghost wears are thought uh, uh, engaged so I don't know exactly what he means by that other than I, I guess it means like the, the ghost can choose what he wants to kind of generate his his clothing. I guess so. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, it's kind of an iffy answer on that one. Yeah. I appreciate the answer, but I'm, is I'm it, not real I'm not real clear on what exactly that means. Isn't it? I mean, when, when you when you die, are you, are you stuck to wearing what uh, what you were buried in? Is that how that, that works, you think? You mean I can't wear my favorite outfit? Yeah, I mean, well, well, is that what you're you're stuck with when you're when you die? Are you pretty much is that what you have to wear? Is what you were buried in? Well, I hope you pick out good clothes for us, Tony, when we're gone. Well, you got you got to pick them out yourself. That's the thing. I mean, we had somebody write in that say that said they were going to uh, uh, wear an elephant costume mm-hmm. because they wanted to. They, they were funny and they wanted to do some fun stuff and kind of freak out their loved ones after. They were dead and, and be a ghost wearing an elephant costume. So she was all about being buried in an elephant costume. She even went and bought one. <laughs> okay, I have a favorite Halloween costume. Can I be buried in that? What would you, what would that be? <laughs> MJ. You want to be buried in the Michael Jackson costume. That would be that would be kind of freaky. That would that would scare a lot of children. I don't think that uh, that would work out all that well. Probably not. But uh, I suppose you could. I don't know. I don't know how you can change your 
or pick out your clothes after you're gone. I, I apparently I well got a clue to how that would work. That's an issue because so many people see people who are clothed when they're you know the ghost figure. They're not naked ghosts running around. So I always said, well, I get you know the the ghost becoming the ghost, but where are the clothing? Where's the clothing coming from? You know, that's that's just an interesting you know, thing. If everybody's any thoughts on that, you can write in on our website at realghoststoriesonline.com or in our YouTube section. Uh, another uh, person write, wrote, and this is interesting, um, somebody uh, opposed to all of the, uh, I guess, pause and warning that we, we put out there about playing with Ouija boards. Oh, really? Somebody saying... Uh, uh, Disson the Ouija board. I love playing the Ouija board, but I do think it depends on those who play it and where it is played. I don't necessarily think it's completely bad as people think, but I would avoid the old Wiccan Ouija boards. Those ones should be avoided. The ones sold at Spencer's are safe, though. Is that what it says? <laughs> That's what it says. Okay, I'm sorry. Your opinion is invalid because you shop at Spencer's. <laughs> What did they use for the uh, the planchette? Is that like a uh, a rubber body part? Probably. <laughs> are the Spencer's Ouija boards sold right next to the vibrators? I don't know. There? I don't know if that's how that works there at Spencer's. I don't know. But uh, uh, once again, it depends on who and where it is played is, is what they say. I'm sorry. They're exactly the same. The ones at Spencer's are simply does, copies of the old Wicked Ouija board. It does not matter no. who and where it is played. What matters the, is the intent of what you're using the Ouija board for, yeah. and that is to summon the dead. And you open yourself up to that, you're opening a can of worms. But you go right ahead and keep playing your Ouija board. You have my permission. <laughs> Are you wishing ill on one of our... <laughs> no, but if it makes him happy, go to Spencer's and knock yourself out. You suspend your Ouija board. You yeah. played with a Ouija board as a kid, didn't you? We did. We, we had one that we got for Christmas, and we did it twice. And both times, what we asked it came true. No, okay. I only knew one of them. All I knew was the one I've told this told the story on the show before, where you, the ring one, right? The ring, right? Okay. Um, yes, and then there was another one with a boyfriend, and I forgot what it was, but both of them came true. And after that, we put it in the closet and never took it out again. Do you remember what it, at all what boyfriend it was? Boyfriend was that? It wasn't my boyfriend. <laughs> so what? What do you remember at all? What what, what it said with the second one? I think my sister just asked it something about the boyfriend, and I don't remember the specifics. But was it a, was it more specific than the ring where you asked it? What's the boyfriend going to get her for Christmas? And it spelled out ring, which is something a bunch of little girls could theoretically move the thing around to. But it'd be more it's it'd be more interesting if it was something more specific. Do you remember? What? I don't. No? I don't remember. I just remember we were so shocked over the ring. Yeah. So. That kind of freaked us out. We put it away and never touched it again. Did you ever feel like anything else ever happened after that with anything being opened up by using it? No, we didn't. But then again, the more I've seen and heard from people that have done it, I won't go near one again. Yeah. It's just a doorway. Yeah. And and we have so many stories that get into us, hundreds of them. Where the story usually starts out, I was a teenager and we were playing with a Ouija board, and the person is now like in their 30s or 40s, and it's this long tale of weird and bizarre, dark things that have kind of followed them and their families around, and it all started back when they originally just wanted to play, 
and thought nothing of it. Oh, right. Well, look at, you know, it was sold in the toy aisle. It still is sold. Yeah. And is it's Spencer still? Gift next to the yes, vibrators. Well, that's Spencer <laughs> Gifts. <laughs> is it sold in, like, say, Walmart? Yeah. It is. Yeah, it's sold. I mean, it's sold at Toys R Us. It is. Yeah, oh, it's I, sold everywhere. It's, is it uh, Hasbro has a right to it now? Ugh. Used to be Milton Bradley. Well, we all yeah. know where they're going. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it is still out there, and wow. it's yeah. So I, I was really kind of shocked by that. Uh, <laughs> I guess that reasoning on the Ouija board of the ones at Spencer's are okay. Yeah, a Ouija board is is a Ouija board. Um, another person writing in about a little feedback on the hotel stay that we talked about the other day. They said they they can top it. They have another scary one for us. They stayed at a hotel in Florida that ended up getting condemned three months after their visit. It had, it had orange fungus growing on the walls. My mother caught a lung infection that took months to clear. She went in the pool and we didn't. And the beachfront had forks buried in the sand. And all sorts of debris. Many times life is scarier than the supernatural. Fun show as usual, guys. Oh, wow. That does sound worse than our stay. Yeah, it does sound worse. Um, we had an interesting stay as a, as a family when I was a kid. And, and I don't want to say the name of the hotel because I don't want to get sued because I know this hotel is still in business, believe it or not. Uh, the one in Michigan. Oh, the suite? The suite. When we got that really nice suite? Yes. And uh, we won't say the name of the hotel. But uh, uh, it was uh, it's up by Mackinac. What's the name of that town? St. Ignace. St. Ignace, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's a little motel. And why did we stay? It was because everything else was booked up. I think I, think I remember us trying to get at many different hotels, and this is just kind of where we ended up staying. I think so, too. We just got there a little later in the day. Yeah, and it's and that was such it. a heavy tourism yeah. season that we ended up. And yeah, getting this little, and he gave us the suite. Yeah, we we pulled in, and I remember, uh, like, oh well, you, you know what? I'm going to give you guys a suite for free. We're just going to upgrade you. And the suite consisted of two rooms. I remember it being green shag carpet. Oh, the best. Was that what it was? Yes, deluxe. Um, I remember it was a black and white TV. Yes. And I believe it had some sort of cable or something, but maybe not. I remember like the box was like up by the TV and it was very it was I don't remember very that. very very old yeah um, and it smelled kind of like raccoon poo throughout. I thought it smelled like urine yeah oh. and urine throughout the room yes it was a it was a great suite hey you had your own room I did and I think I was afraid to stay in it in yeah, fact I paid good money for that did I stay in the room that night or did I end up like coming I, out and sleeping in the bed with you guys I think you were kind of in our room most of the night, I think that's but, what I remember because yeah. I think I tried staying in there and it yeah. was really freaky. Well, the paneling was just you know we didn't know what was behind it. Yeah, with that smell, so <laughs> it was yeah. it was a classy joint. It was the Northwoods. This was what ninety three ish, ninety three, ninety four, I think, right around there. Sure. So, and I looked it up online; they're still there. I wonder if they've remodeled. Um, you know, when I lived up in that area, because um, it really wasn't too far from where I lived last. Um, they they haven't. Oh, <laughs> I, I've driven by a couple times. Like oh, we stay it's there. still there. Yeah, yeah. a good one. Classy place. Um, we could do a. That'd be interesting to do a whole show on scary hotels. I mean, ghosts or no ghosts, sure. <laughs> because there's so many bad ones out there. Um, another person running in with some knowledge on uh, our friend in Chattanooga. Okay, um, Richard. Richard in Chattanooga. 
And Richard has called in a couple times, um, if you're just joining us, and for my parents who are just joining us here, um, and he's called in a couple times with stories. Very, very, the more he calls, the more distraught he sounds. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a, a house that is infested with something very dark and probably demonic, and it's just wreaking havoc in his life and his relationships, and it's just not a good situation. Um, anyway, this uh, Christian writes in, that house in Chattanooga is haunted, and I know the guy uh, who was at Richard's house who was playing the PlayStation when all those voices were being heard. Uh, Matt talks about it all the time. The house is very haunted and is one of the most talked about houses in Chattanooga due to the paranormal. It's been investigated at least three to four times. The people before their, their family left in the middle of the night, and that's how they were able to get that house so cheap. About two years ago, the house burned down to the ground a day before a paranormal group was supposed to investigate the home. I can't believe the family still lives there. I hear it's worse now than ever. Uh, they're a really nice family, and I hope the best for them because it's uh, uh, been pretty big, talked about, haunted spot for a while. Uh, now the thing uh, I hear uh, that haunts it is is nuts. Uh, if you ever come to Chattanooga, look for the house on, and it gives a, uh, a road. I don't want to give the road out uh, okay. on the air, but um, interesting that uh, it's that well-known, because yeah. he's never mentioned that in any of his calls. Maybe he doesn't want to be, you know. Yeah, I could see that. I mean... It's, hey, I live in the horrible house in Chattanooga. Right. I mean, yeah. he wants to maintain a level of anonymity, I believe, yeah. but... Um, I mean, it's like Amityville. It's yeah. It's, it's really wreaking havoc with their whole family. Every time he calls, he sounds worse and worse. Yeah, like I will not be surprised if twenty years from now uh, there's like a movie based on this guy's house. Yeah, seriously. I mean, and yeah, and and it's yeah because it's it's a very dark situation. How long has he lived there? What is it? Five, six? I don't know. I mean, since oh nine, oh nine, at okay. least. Yeah. I know he was talking about oh nine. Um, he's got kids that live there, three kids. Um, and you know, it's to the point where they don't, they don't want to be there. They want to stay at their grandparents all the time. They just, it's, it's, you know, it's destroying their family. Yeah. So why doesn't he go? Or because why? he's, it's his house. I mean, he can't afford to leave. He, or the, yeah, I mean, it's the the situation of you're into the house. Maybe you don't have the finances to get out of the house. And he's also concerned of giving it to, you know, selling it to someone else oh, and sure. putting other people into the situation, knowing full well what he knows about that house. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he sounds like a fairly ethical guy and doesn't want to do that. So for two reasons, there, I mean, there may be the financial thing, but number two, it's, I, I don't know that he could do that, you know, and, and I mean, of course you could have the, you just walk away from a house, but. But You're, then you've how, what got do you to, do? You've got to deal with that. Yeah. And you've got your conscience, which I think, you know, he doesn't want that on his conscience. Well, as long as he discloses to the people. Who's going to buy the house when you say it's demonically infested? Well, you see it a lot, though. People buy <laughs> houses that are, that are haunted. People buy houses that are haunted all the time, or people say they're haunted. Where? Well, on TV. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we were talking about that on uh, a previous episode about some states actually do have uh, disclosure that you have to to list. What was that called? It was um, a stigmatized property or psychologically impacted impacted property. property. And I don't think it necessarily has to be like on the MLS, but if you you request it, it has to be given to you. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, 
And if they can find evidence, I mean, it could be one of those things where if you can find evidence that you did have knowledge of something like a murder in the house or or something like that, um, or a record of a haunting where maybe you had it investigated or something. But if he's got that many things going on in the house, I'm sure the the whole community knows about it. So even well, I mean, if somebody buys it, well, yeah, I mean that's the thing at this point. He's going to get wind of what's going on. Yeah, you, you would know what's going on, but I don't think anyone wants to buy a house like that. Has he had any help? Well, that's what he doesn't know what to do. He said he's, he's had a few investigators come in, and he thinks that that stirred some things they, up. They've had it cleansed, and that yeah. stirred it up. Yeah. That made it a lot worse. It's almost, and, and we've suggested, you know, maybe a, a demonologist. Um, you know, there's a couple, you know, ways he could go. One of the other things we suggested was, because it sounds like it's really pulling his family apart and him down like mentally and psychologically like into a depressive a depressive state is try and and almost deal with the two things separately because a lot of times if you have a depression or anxiety or things of that nature those sort of things feed right. into it yes and that work on that separately try and get the family and himself raised up as much as he can and, and get into a better place mentally and then maybe that will help kind of ease some of that other stuff away because right. they don't want to be there but i mean that's very difficult to do when you're in that situation i mean the ideal thing is just get out of the house but right. if you can't do that right. what you do can't you do afford that. so um if you still have some advice uh, there's a lot of folks i know out there that do have some thoughts on this please do write into us at real ghost stories online uh just email us direct tony t-o-n-y at real ghost stories online and you can just title the email something related to uh, our friend in chattanooga maybe just title the email chattanooga or something and we can uh then cover that in a future episode or just go to our website at uh, real ghost and leave a comment uh, underneath the show uh, episodes where we talk about this, uh, and and I know he is he is checking that and looking for uh, for some insight uh, into that very rough situation. Eight five five eight five three forty eight zero two is a phone number to call with your real ghost stories. Eight five five eight five three forty eight zero two. Let's go to one of those calls here at Real Ghost Stories Online. Hi. Hello, Tony and Jenny. This is Keitha from Fresno, California. Um, I've written in twice to your show. The first one was with my experience with the ditch lady when I was a teenager, and the second was just played a couple days ago, and um, that was regarding the Cheshire cat, that weird-looking cartoon cat from uh, Alice in Wonderland, which scares the life out of me to this day. still don't like it. Um, and the weird things that were happening in my apartment when I was uh, going through my first pregnancy. I just wanted to follow up and touch on something that you had made a statement about with my husband being the one that's haunted. You just might be right, because I brought that up to him myself. After I spoke with his mother and I talked to her about the situation with the what we what your wife had mentioned could possibly be astral projection and she confirmed that she did see him quite often when he wasn't home and she said it was nothing to be afraid of which kind of freaked me out because she was real calm about it um but she did kind of let me know that when he was younger i'd say he was four or five he got really sick and developed a high fever and she was watching over him and um, got late, they went to bed, she put him down, and um, at the time they kind of slept in the same area so she'd keep an eye on him. And um, she woke up in the middle of the night shortly after about 12, around 1 o'clock in the morning, and noticed a hooded, tall figure standing over her son and actually lifted him up. But when she said he lifted him up, his body was still there, but it was his soul that she saw that he picked up. 
Well, she immediately jumped up and said a few prayers and actually yelled at him, it, the figure, and said the Lord's Prayer and told him to put him down. He was not to be taken and to get out. And when it turned, it looked at her and she said it had a skeleton-like face, but it was hollow and kind of dark, so it was shaded. She couldn't really see a whole lot. But a voice came out and he said, you were not supposed to see my face. And he turned back towards, which is now my husband, the young man, and laid his soul back into his body and left. I don't know how she slept that night. I really didn't get to that part of the story. I was just kind of shocked and didn't really ask any questions. And again, she told me, don't be afraid. You can't be afraid. You have to be forceful and let them know that you, you know, basically you believe and they can't harm you. I found that to be strange. So I just thought I'd tell you that story right quick just to touch on what you had said because I thought the same thing. But seeing in which it's been a lot that's happened to me as well, being young, I just feel like we're just a little supernatural force, like a supernatural Adams family at this point, just stuff happening everywhere. Um, well, that's my short story for the moment. Um, I was a little nervous about this call because I really wasn't sure if I should call or write it in. I have much more. I'm going to just make this one short, and thanks a lot for the show. I love you guys. It's awesome, and it's a good outlet for me. So I shall be calling in again, or I'll write. <laughs> thanks very much, and uh, keep the stories coming. Okay, bye. Thank you for calling in. And I do remember your story, and we discussed the possibility of your husband being haunted. Um, do you remember the one whose mother in law said oh yeah sometimes you'll see him walking around but it's not really him it's he was astro oh yeah, yeah 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 i think that would freak me out if you had said oh don't worry about the ghost of tony walking around when he's asleep i i think i would have been like no i'm yeah. not, not gonna handle that so yeah because literally what this woman um the mother when the kid was growing up uh would see her son walking around the house and he was in bed and it was, it was like a ghost, but it was him. It, it's, it's, it's called astral projection, and essentially what that means is it's a ghost of someone who's alive. So his energy is doing this other thing while he's yeah. actually in another room physically. It, yeah, yeah, it's creating an apparition. I mean, so the question is, is that him, or is it something else you taking, know, taking the form, the form of, of him. him? Yeah. I mean, because there's different theories on that topic. Right. But it's... Uh, it's interesting. And demons can take the form of anything. Demons can take the form. Yeah. And that's the thing. That's where it gets really right. tricky. So um, that was that story. Okay. Um, I'm guessing that that was probably like a near-death experience type situation sure. for the child. Yeah. Uh, the now husband. And, you know, that might have been when all the paranormal started following him around because it seems like sometimes after near-death experiences people start having more paranormal activity in their lives mm -hmm. so being like four or five when that happened sure. that might be why it seems like it's always been his whole life yeah. that's been like that when you have i mean does the near-death experience you know because we, we've talked about this before where it seems like people who either little children seem to see ghosts more frequently than adults and then old people who are nearer to death seem to see ghosts uh when you have that near-death experience does that automatically just kind of put you into that i guess old person area for like the rest of your existence no matter what age you're at does it make you that much more sensitive to it because it, you got so close to that place i wonder 
I would think it, it's not so much makes you like an old person for the rest of your life, but it more puts you, you know, anything that puts you closer to the other side, which yeah. that would do. It's like it opens up the door. Right. And doesn't like it never closes again. Right. You know. Well, I don't know. I think it does open up a door to the other side, but. Does it I close though when you I, get back? I don't know. Better? I have a feeling it closes also though. But I mean, you, if you're coming back. But that's the interesting thing though. People who have had those experiences tend to then have more paranormal experiences after they've had the near death. So I that, don't know that's all. where. Well, not all, but yeah. a lot of them do. That's where it's. I'm wondering, does that door just stay propped open? I I don't know. I would it's think an interesting probably. interesting thing. You know, when folks have ghost stories. And they can't really attribute it to anything. They didn't, you know, maybe necessarily do anything to bring it into the the home or play with a Ouija board or call on it or enter it. And, and they're trying to wonder what, what brought this in. I wonder if that's ever the case. It's uh, completely overlooked. You know, I think Mary in California or Cisco could probably answer this question. That'd for be a good, us. yeah, yeah. I'm Either sure we'll of get a you are welcome to answer this yeah. question for us. That would be great. <laughs> uh, Nicole writes in. Hi there. My name is Nicole. I'm from east, the east coast of Canada, but this story takes place when I worked uh, out west in Banff, Alberta. Uh, as far back as I can remember, I've always been sensitive to energy and have felt the presence of spirits, but uh, never actually seen anything until a few years ago when I was working in the Banff Springs. Hotel. A little background on the hotel. The Banff, uh, I'm probably saying Banff incorrectly. It's Banff. Banff? Banff. Banff? Okay. Yeah. It's a Canadian word. Yeah. Banff. Jalapeno? Yep, something like that. Okay. Uh, Banff Springs Hotel. <laughs> I should apologize because all Canadians are not the trailer park No, boys. you're totally stereotyping, <laughs> stereotyping the whole country. I worked with a, a Canadian at the radio station uh, I was at right before here. And uh, the first thing I said was, trailer park boys. She's like, oh my God. That seems to be the only thing Americans seem to know about Canada these days is Trailer Park Boys. That would be like if... I'm like, I'm sorry. If the rest of the world thought we were all like Beavis and Butthead. Yeah, that's, that that's or, or WWF or something, right. and that was it. You know? Or Jerry Springer. So. Yeah, exactly. Which I'd say about 80% of the population is. But that's just that's just me. The Banff Spring Hotel was opened in 1888 and was renovated to look the way it does now in 1911. The hotel is located in Banff National Park in Alberta. It's a castle-like building known as the Castle in the Rockies, and it's stunningly beautiful. Of course, a building so old has many ghost stories attached, which include a bride who died on her wedding day, falling down a flight of stairs, lined by candles. She burned and died. A bellman named Sam who roams the hall helping guests with locked uh, doors uh, and a room that has its door wallpapered over so that nobody can enter, said to be haunted by a family who were murdered there. My story takes place in the summer of 2005 when I was doing a five-month internship as a housekeeper uh, for the school. Like I said, I've always been sensitive to energy and knew about the ghost stories that were attached to the building. But about three months in, I, uh, I hadn't seen any ghostly activity. And while there were a few creepy areas of the hotel, I wasn't scared. Fortunately, the section that I had to clean was a fairly neutral space that I was comfortable in. This is where my story starts. One day, I was working in my section. The part of the building I was working in was the end of a very long hallway just off the elevators. I was at the end of the hallway when I hear a man call, Miss, Miss. I turn to see a man walk, or more like stumble towards me, carrying a beer mug. I walked closer to him, and we met in the middle of a long corridor. 
He was a large native man wearing sunglasses and appeared to be quite drunk as he was slurring his words and couldn't keep still. He asked me where he could find the bar and I told him that he had gotten off the elevator on the wrong floor and I directed him to the right place. With the information, he turned and walked to the elevator and I walked down to the end of the hallway to finish my work. But a minute later, I hear, Miss, Miss. Again, I roll my eyes and thought to myself, What now? Being trained to always treat guests with respect, I walked down the hall to meet him again. This time, however, his demeanor had changed. He was still carrying a beer mug, but seemed to be sober. He spoke clearly and was walking in a different way. When we met up again, he said he had something to ask me. He said, Have you ever seen a ghost here? I said no, but that I had heard many stories relating to the building. With that, he removed his sunglasses and stared me directly in the eyes. He raised his hand above my head and said, That is because your light is too bright, but if you want, they'll show themselves to you. He then put his sunglasses back on, turned, and walked away. I just stood there in silence for a minute and then went to a nearby room where my friend was cleaning and told her what had happened. She was a little weirded out by the whole event, but what followed was even crazier. But a week later, I was assigned another section to clean on another floor because someone had called in sick. Again, I was working at the end of a very long hallway where the only entrance other than guest rooms was the elevator. I was standing in one of the guest room doorways getting things off my cart when I saw movement out of the corner of my eye. I looked, but nothing was there. I then proceeded to work at my cart but saw something again. This time I looked up and about two doors down from me stood a man in an old bellman's outfit. He was standing there looking at the door and then turned the handle without using a key and entered the room. I stood there in silence knowing that I had seen something very strange. The man was fully opaque and looked completely normal, but somehow I knew that he wasn't. Also, where did he come from? There was no time for him to walk all the way down the hall towards me without me seeing him, and if he had come from another room, I would have heard the door, as they're very loud. Thankfully, it was my last room, which I cleaned up quickly and left for the day. I needed to confirm my suspicion, so I spoke with one of my friends, who was a bellman, and asked him if there were any bellmen in the hotel wearing old-fashioned outfits, and I described what the bellman looked like, very tall and thin. He said that no, there were no bellmen dressed in old outfits, and he had never seen anyone that looked that way I described. He himself had also experienced a few paranormal things, such as bags being moved from where he put them seconds earlier. The encounter with the man with the beer mug and the appearance of the old bellman confirms to me that what I saw was truly a ghost. A long time ago, before this event, I was watching a show where a person who claimed to see ghosts said that if you picture a bright white light surrounding you, it will keep you safe from ghosts or energy. This stuck with me, and in times when I need comfort or believe there are ghosts or energy around, I always pictured a white light around me. I wonder if this is what the man meant when he said that my light was too bright. Also, before this event, I had heard stories about Sam the Bellman, but didn't really know much about him. Apparently, guests have mentioned to other bellmen or the front desk to thank Sam for letting them into their room. Usually, this is only guests who see Sam, but I wonder if it was Sam that I saw that day. He'd opened the door without having a key. The only difference between my bellman and the one described by guests is that he is supposed to be an elderly gentleman. My bellman's sighting was a younger man. I guess we'll never know what I saw, but these events will stick with me for the rest of my life. I've worked in many hotels since and have not had any such experiences. I continue to picture a white light surrounding me wherever, whenever I feel uneasy. Perhaps my light is out again or too bright. Thank you for the great stories. Love your show, Nicole. 
okay, if somebody came up to you and said, your light's too bright, but if you want them to show themselves to you, they will. Would you be curious and want that to happen? Because I'm wondering if maybe she decided she maybe wanted to see something, and that's when she started to... Was that a ghost that came up and said that? I think it's just somebody who can read energy. So that you think that was a human? Yeah. A human guest that came up and could tell... Yeah, at what? first I thought the story was going to be that he came back and they had the same conversation again, sure. and it was like it was one of those ghosts that just replays over yeah. and over. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I am very curious about it, and you know, part of, you know, I'll say this: I don't want to like invite into seeing uh, anything paranormal. I don't want to say, "Hey, uh, bring on a ghost," you know, or something like that. If something happens to happen at some point in my life where I get to see one. Okay, but I'm not going to sit there and entice it to try and appear to me. Because I sure. think that's where you start going to the territory of inviting it in inadvertently. Right. So, um, and I don't really, I mean, I don't walk around feeling like I have some sort of light around me either, where it's like, ah, ghosts aren't going to hey, be seen by me. No, but you've never thought of yourself as a sensitive. No, no, I mean, I, I just kind of feel, you know, where things are creepy and that's kind of, but not super sensitive by any means. Um, so that's interesting. In the part where the young man you got to go closer there. to the mic there, Grandpa. <laughs> gotcha, son. Thank you. Okay. The part Even where, closer. The part where it's uh, old ghost, old man, young man. Yep. Do you think that they have the ability to change age? That's an interesting one because I mean, it kind of goes along with the clothing thing. I mean, yeah. if you're able... I, I think in some cases, what I think on, is on this... Because I think there's there's ghosts that are people who were once people walking the earth, and I think those people. I'm thinking you choose what you're going to look like, or or you're just assigned whatever you're a ghost, you're a ghost. Whatever you're wearing is what you're wearing. Um, I don't know if it's what you died in or, or what it is, but that's what you are. Um, and I don't think you can change your looks there. I I think things that can change their age and their appearance. We're not people. And I, I don't know that they're always demonic, um, but I don't think they were ever walking the earth either. I agree with you. I, I think that's that's totally it because people just, I feel when they've passed, as far as the clothes go or whatever, they're just appearing as maybe something that they had look like or been in for years yeah you know how they maybe it's how they see themselves is and, and, how, yeah and you know when you do see some of these things um or even like these ghost shows that you watch a lot of times the people see these ghosts and their images are actually the same as something they found in a photograph and sure. they're and they're wearing the same clothes yeah so i don't know how that works but I really think the ones that can change their age or their looks aren't... Uh, they weren't people. They weren't human. Yeah. Ever. And and I think a lot of times it's uh, something dark and demonic that's kind of trying to lure you in. Yes. Um, but I, I do think that there's there's good entities out there, too. They were also were never human. Um, but I don't think we necessarily hear about them all that much. Although this guy seems fairly harmless. He was just letting people in their hotel rooms. You know, although I suppose if he's letting people into the wrong rooms or something, and maybe not the greatest ghost in the world to be having around doing that. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess you could, I don't know what the purpose of some sort of angel is to let you into hotel rooms. But 
<laughs> so you're thinking that the others could be an angel if they have a... I think this just might be a ghost of a different bellman. Okay. Is all I think this is. You know, I don't necessarily think it's a, a demon. I don't think it's necessarily an angel because it seems fairly harmless and it doesn't seem like some sort of thing that's, you know, infesting a hotel to a negative level. See, my mind went to, what if it was one of those people that had been, like, working in that hotel for a good chunk of their life, like, from mm-hmm. a fairly decent age and then, you know, were there until they basically retired? Sure. You know, I could see that being the ghost in two different ages, but maybe of the same person. That's interesting. Can you... That's interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Because you hear about that sometimes. Oh, old Sammy's been here for 50 years. But Sammy today looks like he's 25. Yeah. Yeah. That's an interesting take. I don't know. I mean, that would be interesting if you can adjust your age Mm -hmm. while you're a ghost. I don't know. 855-853-4802-855-853-4802. Here's a thought. Okay. And this is just completely far-fetched. And this is going to go into the territory of if you believe in reincarnation. What if you're a ghost? Here's a, this is a, a theory just came to me. Okay. Kind of crazy. You die. Okay. You become a ghost at the age of what you died. What if you slowly revert, reverse in age all the way down to birth and then bam, you get to start over again as a real human. No, because then we'd have all these ghosts of babies everywhere. Well, there are children ghosts. There's children ghosts, but there's not like you hear crying baby ghosts. ghosts all the time. Nah, it's usually demonic though, and it's a child when you hear the crying, and it's something very. You don't really see, hear the baby ghosts. You're right. You hear the crying, and it's usually something dark luring somebody to yeah. some place. Yeah. Okay. I just uh, theory. I don't think I'll go with that one. Okay. Eight five five eight five three forty eight zero two is the phone number to call in if you have a real ghost story. Hi. How you doing, Tony? This is uh, Kyle. I'm uh, from Pennsylvania. Um, fan of the show. I've uh, been listening for a while. I thought it's time to uh, call in and uh, let you know on one of the stories that I have from my uh, my past. Uh, back when I lived with my parents around 2005, uh, pretty much backwoods Pennsylvania. I was about 15 years old. Uh, I started smoking. My parents, uh, didn't know. I tried to hide it from them. So, uh, after they would go to bed at night, I would, uh, sneak out to our garage that was connected to our house. And I would open the back door to the garage, which faced our deck and the back part of our property and nothing but fields in the background. Anyway, I would, I would have a little cigarette and, uh, head back to bed. Well, uh, one night I ended up going out for a cigarette, had the door open to the back uh, porch, try to stay as quiet, had everything dark so my parents wouldn't wake up, and I uh, was just uh, contemplating everything from the day that happened at school while I was in high school, and uh, I looked out toward our shed, which is on the back corner of our property, about a, a two-acre property, so it was on the back right-hand corner of our property, and uh, between the shed and the garage, there was a clothesline. And I was just looking out, not really looking at anything, just, you know, thinking about stuff that happened that day at school. And I saw this uh, just under basketball size uh, glowing light around, um, I want to say about four and a half, 
right foot off the ground, moving, you know, uh, like a, as you would just normally walk forward, you know, on a street, about that speed, moving from uh, uh, the clothesline to the corner of the garage on my right. It took me a few seconds to realize what I was seeing, uh, just looking at it, and uh, it got to about the corner of my garage, and I realized, wait, what am I even looking at? So I walked out the garage, back garage, onto our deck, came around the corner of our uh, of our garage, looked around the corner, didn't see anything. So uh, it was that was kind of freaky. I uh, like I said, I live in uh, backwoods, Pennsylvania. Uh, closest uh, neighbors are one on either side, about three acres of land between us. Uh, no streetlights in the road in front of our house, all farmland around everywhere. So I would know what, you know, uh, passing car lights would look like reflected on our shed or nearby houses. And that wasn't the case. Um, so anyway, uh, the next morning on the way to school, I, I was with my brother. He was a couple years older than me and he was driving us to school. I said, Hey, I went out to smoke last night and, uh, you know, I saw this, this thing. I'm not really sure. I started telling him about it, and uh, he, he he said, uh, yeah, that's that's kind of weird. So we kind of put it out of our minds, uh, and um, about a month or so-ish passed, and uh, um, we started talking about, you know, ghost stories with, with friends and everything, and, and my brother brought this up. I was like, yeah, you, did you say you saw something? I was like, I don't know if it's ghosts or anything, so we started talking about it. And uh, some of the people we were talking to with were our neighbors and, you know, people who lived around there. And the farmland was owned by uh, by farmers, of course. But it was all pretty much one family of farmers who had been in their family for a while. And the separate farms in the area were divvied out between, you know, the sons of the original farmer who's been there for or initiate, initially started the farmland uh, years and years ago. And uh, he said, you know what, uh, let me uh, talk to our, talk to our dad. It was, I guess it was his grandfather who was, you know, the original uh, farmer of that land. And uh, we, we told him a story because he was into you know, paranormal, paranormal type stuff. And uh, he, he asked exactly where it was coming from. I said it was coming from the back of our property going to the front of our property. And uh, he, he proceeded to tell me that... Uh, when it was the original farmer, he had a lot of land. So his house is actually down the hill behind our, where our house is now. The house that he lived in is no longer there. But he had a few different barns over his property, one of which is in the direction from the back of our property to the front of our property, up in the farmland in front of our property, uh, where our house is. And he would, you know, occasionally, he would walk to his, his barns to feed the feed the cows or do do work and stuff and uh he would they had a I, I don't know they, i guess they carried lanterns he said and whenever that was i don't even remember what time era he said that was but it was his grandfather so it's a little far back there so um that's kind of what we thought it was just uh like a residual of uh of uh the grandfather farmer Walking from his house to to his barns to do his do his business with his uh, with his land. So that's that's that story. That was my first uh, paranormal 
experience, if you want to call it paranormal, that's what it, you know, came out to possibly be. Uh, I have a few more stories that happened uh, to me back uh, uh, in Pennsylvania. I live in a different state now. I have a few stories from back uh, when I was a little younger. But I also have uh, a few stories from where I'm currently located now. I'm in the military and I'm stationed at a, uh, a base on the East Coast and it has to do with a uh, uh, port mortuary that uh, is actually on the base that uh, I'm currently stationed at. So uh, I'll, uh, I'll end up calling back and telling you those other couple of stories. I know in one of your episodes you were interested to hear stories about military bases and, and stuff like that. So I'll definitely call in with that. Uh, once again, great, great. Uh, I love your guys's your show. I listen to it all the time. And uh, thanks for thanks for hearing me. Right, bye. Thanks for calling in and sharing your story. I'd love to hear the morgue story. You think so? <laughs> Anytime you can have a, a show about a haunted morgue, it's always a, a good place yeah. <laughs> to be. Great way to end the night, too. Um, that sounds interesting, where it was the residual haunting, where there's that light. You hear that sometimes, uh, uh, I don't want to say more so than not, but a lot of times out in kind of rural areas where there's these unexplained lights that people see on old farmsteads, um, you know, out on old, uh, uh, old like, rail lines and things of that nature. It sounds like my parents have something to, uh, to add to the mix here. They're kind of... Uh, they're giggling over there. They're giggling about something off in the corner. Let me turn their mic back up. Yeah? Someone take the mic. <laughs> uh, I guess it was your uncle. My brother. What what do you have? Well, when he was quite young, probably about 12 or 13, something like that, maybe even a little younger, I was, uh, he had to be right around 13 because I wasn't at home anymore. Mm-hmm. And he woke up one night and mom and dad were out. He was home alone with our two sisters who mm-hmm. were quite quite a bit younger than than him and he looked out in the field along uh, the farmhouse this is out in the country too Mm -hmm. and he saw all these lights down in the marsh and he thought it was aliens (laughs) lightning bugs turns out to be lightning bugs oh wow (laughs) but it scared do you know what auto yeah i think he even got the shotgun out Oh, that's Seriously. funny. Is this John? Jim. Jim? Oh, Jim. Okay. <laughs> so that story wow. comes up every once in a while in a family, and it's a pretty good time when it comes up. <laughs> I thought it was aliens. Wow. I, I've heard one. There was a lot of aliens. <laughs> <laughs> I bet so. Yeah, a lot of. Yep. Um, I've heard a lot of stories, and I remember there's one um, up in, in northern Wisconsin, um, and I couldn't tell you exactly where, but this is... I got this story a lot when I was in Wausau um, from people, um, so somewhere up in that general area, um, where they would see this light off in a distance, and I believe it was attached to an old rail line area, where they would see what looked like a train light, band in line, um, but people could continue to see this thing out there way off in a distance. I mean, not something you could just easily walk to or run to or even drive to because it's off in a wooded area, just, you know, where the tracks just kind of go. But I got that story. That was one of those where I got it many, many, many times over when I would talk about ghost stories on the air up there. 
Um, and it's always sounded kind of like in a residual type thing. And that's interesting where it's, um, if they were thinking there was a train, um, a ghost of uh, an object, yeah, essentially, or a non-human thing, you know, a ghost train. Mm-hmm. You know, that's really something interesting to think about, you know. Obviously, you know, it takes energy to run these machineries or pieces of machinery. So if we're talking some of these things and especially residual hauntings being energy, I suppose it would be a similar type thing. Couldn't it be if, if it's just a, a repeated energy that continued to go over and over the same area, you know, for a long period of time? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. The first time I ever thought of a ghost object was Ghostbusters 2. Oh, the ghost train? The and, ghost and train. train, yeah. And yeah. then the, the scene where the Titanic arrives oh, yeah, and yeah, stuff. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I There's something about trains anyway. Sure. You know, I well, don't know what and it there's, is. And there's tales of ghost ships, too. There's a lot of those where people say that they've seen these large ocean liners out there in a the distance, a lot of times in foggy weather, um, just way out. And they, they identify what it is and then they, they look it up, and, the, the, like, the ship had sunk years ago. Um, oh, wow. And, and there's a lot of stories of, of things like that. Um, more so, like, really old vessels, not necessarily, like, Edmunds Fitzgerald or something like that. Okay. But, um, but sometimes it can get to territory of that, but a lot of times it's more so, you know, ships with sails and things of that nature, which, again, is kind of the same in the train vein of things. So... I haven't asked you, do you have any ghost stories, Mom, that uh, you've, you've... The only one I can ever think of is, is the Ouija board story. No, I can't say I've had any... Anything, anything. showing up? No, anything no. interesting? No, not at all. And uh, it's not that I'm not open to... That I could mm-hmm. possibly see it, but... No, it's never happened to me. Do you remember, and we've talked about this story on the air a couple times, uh, one night when uh, we had, or you had finally let me rent Thriller on VHS uh, from the grocery store, and I, I watched it, like, obsessively, you know, for a good day with all the zombies, and I remember this night vividly. I, I was time for me to go to bed, and I had, and I walked into the house, and I could have sworn I saw like zombies standing in front of all the doors. Well, they were. (laughs) And here I thought I was just hallucinating. We really did have zombies. There was an infestation. Well, Tony, you really let your imagination go that day. You know? Sure. Well, I mean, I know it was my imagination. Sure. I, I'm not saying it was anything paranormal. I'm just asking if you remember, because I know it was my imagination. Do I, know, I remember? I, I know I wasn't seeing things. You know, it was all in my mind. Oh, yeah. I think I remember that pretty good because i it's it's one of those interesting things where like i can vividly remember walking in the house and i can i i can vividly see in my mind what i saw that night and i've never i've never had anything ever like that happened to me again after the time even as a child where i was actually seeing things yeah because they looked physical to me it wasn't like oh i'm gonna pretend or i'm afraid i'm gonna see these things i saw those things and i knew it was just from the watching the thing but that's because you wanted to see him. Well, I no, I really didn't want to see him. I didn't want to be that freaked out by that. It was just, it was. I was so I think worked up about it. But it was interesting that I was like projecting that 
onto re- it's it's kind of like the sleep paralysis thing where you open your eyes and you're halfway dreaming and you see these things that are in your mind. This was like wide awake. But I guess you I mean you could it's essentially kind of hallucinating, well, really. You know, you you talk your brain into yeah. that. You know? Yeah, it was just uh, interesting. So we have we have no ghost stories from uh, from the house. I, I never. No, I always felt pretty. I had one thing happen to me in that house that I I thought was weird. In the current house, we're in, in the house that you guys are in. Yeah, okay. when I was growing up, um, and I don't know that it was anything, but it was it was weird. I remember one night laying in bed and hearing a knocking right above the headboard of my bed. And I couldn't tell you how many knocks it was. I couldn't tell you if it was three. Um, but specifically, it was strange. And it wasn't a, it did not sound like a branch hitting it or, because it never happened. There was never branches hitting the outside of that area. Um, but it did, it sounded just like, just right above my headboard. And I just sat there with the covers over my head and I was freaked out. I don't think it ever happened again. But it was one night that that happened, and it was just really bizarre. I was probably like you know, 10, 11. Really? Right around there. Hmm. Mouse in the wall. <laughs> it's one strong mouse. One very strong mouse. It was weird. Um, but that's the only thing I ever had. Jennifer, have you ever had anything? Yes. <laughs> and I've shared the stories on here. Yeah. Um, but the most recent was when you guys were with us and we were in Algoma up at the winery. Yeah, and, you know, I could have sworn I felt Olivia pushing on the back of me when I was trying to film Tony. And um, I turned and, and I think I even told her to stop. And she was on the other side of the gift shop with you. But then we came back and you were looking at the footage. And when that happened, it messed the camera up. Yeah, the camera, like... It garbled itself yeah. at that yes. moment in time. It was really yeah. bizarre. Well, you know, bringing that up, I do remember also, and this is before I ever heard of the, the ghost stories in that winery, um, I had the occasion of my ba- or in the bathroom, my purse flying off of the ledge where I had set it. And after we had talked to the those people there, they had said that that happens to a lot of women in there, that their purse goes tumbling off of this, and it's quite a large ledge, and my purse was not, like, top-heavy. Yeah. yeah, so it, it actually just got, like, kind of tossed onto yeah. the floor, and they said that that happens to a lot of people in there. Yeah. But that was after, after we had heard... I mean, no, I had heard... This had happened It happened, to and me. then you heard about it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's interesting. Very, yeah, very interesting. Dad, anything? Anything you care, to, really. care to contribute? Any? No? No, other than uh, your uncle. The aliens. That's about the only thing I got. <laughs> the alien fireflies. 855-853-4802. If you have a real ghost story you would like to share with us. Let's go to another caller here. Hi, you're on Real Ghost Stories Online. Hey, Tony. Hey, listen. <laughs> I would much rather... I'd much rather be debunked than have you call bullshit on me. This is Tim Z calling again, um, calling in response to you playing my call about the, the the call from heaven. Not that I really thought it was my mom, but it was just a weird time. And But, um, no, I, I was glad to hear what you had to say. Uh, I had such a bad headache last week 
that um, I forgot to mention that if there's anybody out there that knows what's up, because I really didn't think it was a call from him, but it was just freaky, weird timing, like Jenny said. But um, moving on past you debunking me, which <laughs> you didn't really debunk me, but um, I do appreciate your input. I, I was just blown away. I, I came home, and for the first time, I, I hopped on uh, YouTube because I um, just wanted to see, because you've mentioned you've been on there a bunch or you guys have a ton of stuff on there, excuse me. But it was, I was just blown away to see the responses. I went to the episode um, that you uh, had played my call from and was blown away to see the comments from several people explaining very, you know, caringly that, no, this is probably what's going on, just like you did on the episode. But uh, really appreciate the comments, people writing in. Um, and apparently now you're sucking me in even more to this awesome little community you guys have created. Now I have to check YouTube on a semi-daily or weekly basis as well. So uh, if you're the leader of this little community we got going, when's the shuffleboard tournament, man? Hey, I appreciate what you do, and uh, <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Tom. See you, buddy. We should do a cruise like every other radio show does. It's an excuse to take a cruise. That would be fun. <laughs> That'd be something that'd be interesting to talk about maybe a year or two from now. Once the community gets a little bit bigger, because it's something you need a lot of people to, to get in on. Okay. And we have a lot of people out there. Uh-huh. But it's like, okay, cruise, and then yeah, what percentage is actually going to be able to go on yeah. with the cruise? Um, and it'd be kind of fun to do a year or two from now. I would love that. Yeah. If any of our, our listeners are interested in the idea... Uh, write in, just you know, express your interest. Yeah. Um, uh, because that would be that would be fun. It'd be it'd be something we could do and uh, do you know some shows from it and hear live stories and I think that could be a good time for all. I, and then and everybody yeah. with these different stories and like minds could you know kind of conversate and share and it'd be one large ghost group therapy session at sea. It would be. <laughs> Uh, with my ties. Yes, there you <laughs> what go. What could possibly go wrong? And there? gambling, right? And gambling, yes. Yeah. So <laughs> and ghosts, ghosts, gambling, and liquor. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> but um, I think it'd be fun. Um, so thank you for for calling in and not uh, taking my debunking uh, the wrong way. And, and other people did call in and say, um, "See, Tim had a uh, uh, was it his mother who passed away? And his mother had passed away, yeah. and then he got a a very strange phone call, and the number was like a one, and then all zeros behind it. Mm-hmm. So and he it was, wasn't real sure yeah, what to make of it. It was timing. He was you know kind of disturbed by what just happened, and kind of in a you know a, a rough state. And then he saw that, and for a second he thought, "Is this my mom calling me?" And he he didn't answer the call. Um, and I said, "Well." I can't say for sure because he didn't answer, you know, what that would have been. But um, that's usually either the sign of some sort of international call, a computer-blocked call, a telemarketer call. There's a lot of ways that that can come. It looks strange when it happens because a lot of times it just says no caller ID or something. But sometimes it can get scrambled and that's what your phone does. But would have been would have been interesting if... Uh, I think part of our responsibility in doing this is debunking. Is yeah, is yeah. is offering explanations for things when they can be explained. Sure. Because that further legitimizes the ones that cannot be explained. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of times where it could or couldn't be whatever the case is of, of what's being described to us. Um, but it's always good to think about what 
it could very well be, whether it's carbon monoxide poisoning in a home or sure. a telemarketer. Um, it's, you know, you got to look at all the things. Otherwise, you know, some ghosts are like, you know, it, it's, it's amazing. I've listened to some. and You're like, really? You're just going to take this one at face value? There's a lot of possibilities here, you know, and you got to look at them. And then sometimes what's fun about that is when we do kind of throw out some explanations of what it could be. Sometimes you get that letter back and that call back and they say, good point, but here's what debunks your debunking. Right. And then, you know, we kind of get more to the root of it. Then you almost get, when you get to the point of going, I got no explanation. That's when you got a real good ghost story on your hands. Right. You know? One more quick call here before we wrap up the show for today at 855-853-4802. Hey, Tony. Um, my name is Joe and I'm a demonologist and master. I have a real quick story. Um, in 1983, I was close to my grandmother and she passed away. Six months later, I'm living in my apartment. I woke up in the morning seeing a white figure, uh, white head, white hands, just a glowing white body and a blue aqua dress. The same day, I was with my mother and I described the dress to my mother and she about freaked. She said when the funeral happened, they took her to Detroit. At the time, I was working for a cable company, was unable to go and see my grandmother being buried or where she was buried in. So it was my grandmother coming back to me, and she always kept her promises. Also, uh, Hillsboro, I think, bought the Ouija board in 1995, and there is a Ouija board now that's pink that is out for little girls. Uh, Toys R Us sells it. You guys can probably check it out. Also, I'm a demonologist and minister. I think I said that before. I don't know. I'm a little nervous. Anyways, I can help you in the future with stuff that you need questions on as far as that subject. Okay, I will also get a hold of your website and get the information to you. You guys are doing a great show. Uh, Also, one more thing. The paranormal counseling would be much needed down the road. We are starting a program for that because after we help people with their problems, we also talk to them afterwards to solve the solution with the psychological effects that happened to them before. All right, you guys, have a great show and have a good day. Um, Bye-bye. We should talk to him more. We should definitely talk to him more. We've been talking about trying to get a, a essentially a resident demonologist for our show to talk to. Right. And uh, so we'll take you up on that, uh, and uh, we'll definitely uh, get in contact. And please do call in more uh, when we uh, when we have, uh, which is almost every show, uh, something of the the topic of demons, because there's usually at least one story that seems to be fairly uh, dark in nature. I'd love to get your take on it. Um, as we uh, as we bring those things up, because a lot of folks have no idea what to do, where to turn, or what uh, how to handle some of those situations. You know, his paranormal counseling intrigues me. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm sure our listeners don't realize it, but I'm about to finish up my degree in psychology, mm-hmm. and that might be a way, it might be an outlet, you know? That's an interesting thing, you know, because it's one of those things where it doesn't really exist much, does it? I mean, is there really any sort of paranormal counseling out there? There's parapsychologists, but I don't believe they do... Like counseling for people who've gone through things they can't explain and help them work through it. Yeah, I I don't think they do, but that would be something, that would be a a needed set. I wonder if that, you know... That's an interesting thing. I mean, nationwide, there's got to be a lot of people out there who would love to have some sort of outlet to talk about these things with someone, mm-hmm. you know? Interesting. Right. Yeah. Very interesting. We should talk with him more about uh, what he's doing with that. 
So that uh, that wraps up uh, today's episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining us, Mom and Dad. All right, there we go. Maybe they'll join us again for another episode here some 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 evening. Uh, 855-853-4802 is a phone number. If you have a real ghost story you'd like to share with us, go to our website, realghoststoriesonline.com. And we give us that review on iTunes and email me the username you used, T-O-N-Y, at realghoststoriesonline.com. And I'll send you back a link to the bonus episode of Real Ghost Stories Online as a thank you. There you go. For Jenny Bruski and my parents sitting over there in the background. I'm Johnny Bruski. Thanks for listening to Real Ghost Stories Online.